All right, welcome back to Miserable and Reckless, a podcast bringing you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things the South. I'm Logan sitting here with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan. All right, well, we're back together again here in the new year. Happy New Year's to everyone. Hope everybody had a good New Year's Eve. But this is uh, the start of, what, our third year of this show? Two years in, completed. So we made it this far. Something like that, but close enough. Good enough for government work. Uh, let's start off with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Dustin, kick things off in 2022. All right. Um, good. Uh, my wife choosing to go to the Virginia Tech game at Cameron um, was a good choice because the game before it was a like COVID cancellation, and then they had to find the like fifth option to play, and then two games after it, which she had considered maybe going to one of the other games later, uh, was got canceled or postponed or whatever's going to happen with the season. So. Good choice, Jenny, even though I know you don't listen to this, and I'll say that one more time. Um, <laughs> but it was it was a great experience. It was fun, especially fun. Coach K's last year, um, they won. Um, yeah, it was it was just a good choice. Bad, uh, the semifinals of the college football playoff, That's those sucked. Those weren't interesting at all. Um, that's not surprising, but – that kind of leads into my ugly, which is we got Georgia and Alabama in the playoff again, or in the championship mm. again. That's that's really interesting and fun too. Um, college new, football right? is, yeah, college football is great when you have the same two teams in the championship <laughs> every other year. It's really really good parity there. Uh, you know, good good design. I'm glad they've come up with this system because it yeah. works really well. Um, it's fun to watch, and I enjoy, and just cannot wait to see what happens here in a week so um that's my grumpy ugly for the week on college football <laughs> all right morgan good the bad and the ugly all right well let's just keep it old school for good bad and ugly no awesome amazing or any of that good stuff um good my neighbors upstairs moved out so we don't have to listen to stompy mcstompy slamming chairs around anymore at 11 o'clock at night waking my kids up um that was nice. I had to go upstairs and get an assault charge. Um, that's a bad uh, Virginia Tech's performance. Hey, are you against... kidding? Are you kidding? Did you just no, let with, us know which, this? <laughs> with what? You can't just drop on the podcast that you got an assault charge. <laughs> no, no, I said I did not get it. I, I'm oh. lucky I didn't go upstairs and get an assault charge. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear you correctly. I was like, whoa, whoa. So for the record, no. Morgan did, does not have an assault charge. <laughs> no, there, there, is, there is no ankle bracelet. <laughs> okay. I heard you wrong. I apologize. Moving on. No, no house, house bracelet. No, don't worry about it. <laughs> You'll find out. <laughs> um, bad. Uh, let's just keep going here. Bad. Virginia Tech's performance against Maryland in their bowl game. Um, what looked like at the very beginning, for the first few minutes, I thought they were going to play a good game, and then um, it just floodgates opened up for Maryland, and they just pummeled them into the ground. And keeping it Virginia Tech with my ugly, uh, their basketball team has. Started where well, I thought going to start off a good season has just one loss after another after another, even an offense best into an NC State team who what lost four or five games in a row, and then they yeah. lost to them at, <laughs> at home at home to a team that's lost four games in a row. Um, so I don't I don't know what's going on with Mike Young and the Hokies with the basketball game, but 
they need to get together because they're on the verge of probably one more loss and they will not be invited to the tournament. All I got to say to you throwing shade at the Wolfpack basketball team. It's not a shade. It's come on, man. Two two things. uh, It's true. uh, (laughs) Can't help it. I'm I'm laughing at the background. Um, (laughs) One. ACC just what the hell this year. I think we're going to be the entire field for the NIT. And then two, um, it's really fun being the only quality win available in the conference, guys. So thanks for that. You're welcome. <laughs> As of now, well, Texas quad one win. <laughs> well, you know, we wanted to you know give Coach K a, a nice exit. So I'm talking about we're the only quality win <laughs> in the entire conference. Someone has to beat us to have a good resume. Uh, <laughs> It's kind of true, but <laughs> all right, Ryan, good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, hey, Morgan, at least at least you can stay consistent with the Virginia Tech stuff. You can just move right into basketball season and fire your coach <laughs> in basketball season. So. <laughs> misery, misery, misery. Uh, just so America knows, I think Morgan walked away. So that was shade, <laughs> shade thrown at him that he couldn't defend. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, that's um, okay. We'll just go raid some retirement home like some other people, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, uh, all right, good, bad, and the ugly for me. Um, I had to keep this brief because it's been a couple weeks. Uh, my good, hey, we actually had a Christmas this year. I know some people got to go home for Christmas last year. I didn't do jack shit. Uh, so it was indoors, there was real people, real gifts, real interaction. Like, as in talking, not on Zoom. There's, uh, I mean, even if it was with the in-laws, I mean, it's still real people, so that's nice. Uh, real hangovers for certain people in the family, not not myself. <laughs> uh, it's fun to see the kids open the gifts. Um, it's fun that they didn't have to open the gifts on, like, a lawn or, like, standing outside in the cold. So, all right, that's, uh, we'll call that a, we'll call that a win for <laughs> 2021. Neat. All right, so that's, that, that tells you where my good is. Uh, my bad. Um, speaking of Dustin being the only quality win, uh, Dustin's Duke Blue Devils had the best bowl record of any of us and that they didn't actually play in a game. <laughs> so that, that isn't good. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, I guess, Logan, I guess I guess you guys are 0-0 too since you didn't play either. Um, <laughs> I'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> I figured. That's the wrong angle. And then speaking of the bowl games, I've had a lot of time to marinate on all my ugly grumpiness. <laughs> Speaking of all the bowl games with not a lot else going on and no kids and well, I'm trying to stay home because of COVID scares because we went and did something in person. Um, <laughs> we decided to watch a lot of the bowl games. Guess what that means? A lot of the commercials are really starting to get old. Uh, I had a whole list of them, but um, I'm really sick of hearing about how Gronk is special and his special USAA rate that he says like a Boston accent, even though he's from Arizona or wherever he's from USAA. <laughs> Uh, I'm sick of the little girl and her not fair lollipop. Um, first of all, little girl, uh, a stranger gave you candy for free. A, you accepted it. B, you then got uh, mad when somebody gave you something for free and then they turned around and gave somebody else something for free. Like, this is what's wrong with kids today in America. Just pointing that out. Also, whiny, whiny much that they're not fair. Uh, Aaron Andrews and her car that purrs and is rich, rich. 
that's a little too much as far as I'm concerned. I'm just going to leave that one there. And if you've seen it, it's too much. I'm trying way too hard. Um, the DJ Liberty and the stupid llama that can, that can go to hell literally as fast as possible. <laughs> um, Shaq singing about going on cruises in the middle of pandemic just doesn't quite hit right. Um, it's also annoying. And then uh, words that have been uttered since the beginning of time, four words. Uh, those four words are shut the fuck up, Matt Damon, about his crypto and his little Mars thing at the end. Those are the commercials yes. that grinded my gears more than anything else. So not anti-crypto. I'm just anti-Matt Damon in that commercial. <laughs> so, if you watch enough TV, those commercials get on, get on your nerves. Yeah. It happens on so, YouTube, too. Jeez. Oh, so, yeah. There you go. Good, bad, and the ugly. All right. So for me, start with the good. As Morgan alluded to, NC State finally snapped their losing streak because after that Purdue debacle, they had been on a skid. They hadn't been out of any game, but they've been in so many close games and, and would lose it down the stretch. Frustrating team to watch. I have my, my question marks about Kevin Keats as the head, head ball coach here for the basketball program at NC State, but topic for another day. But they finally uh, were able to close one out and got a, a solid quad one win as of right now against the Hokies in Blacksburg. So I'm happy about that. Um, another good is um, the I discovered a, a new YouTube show from Barstool that I've just been binging the last couple of days that I find really funny for whatever reason, but it's called Stool Scenes. They're headquarters in New York City. It's like they, they have like this remixed version of the office theme that I'm pretty sure they have just changed just enough to not catch a lawsuit. And then they go around and like, they're just filming all the highlights of what happens th that week in the office. And it's like, that place is, is crazy, man. It, it's hilarious to watch. I definitely recommend it. It's some funny shit that goes down at the Barstow headquarters. Dave Portnoy's a riot. And then the cast of characters around it is, is just worth the watch. And then we'll get to the bad, the bad slash ugly, the NCAA. Once again, what the hell are you doing? Dave Doran said it best when, as far as I'm concerned, the NCAA stands for no clue at all because it is such a trash organization led by a trash uh, leader, and Mark Emmert, or whatever the fuck his name is. Who even cares at this point? But it's a horrible organization. They have no leadership, no protocols. If there had been a, uh, a, a forfeit or a, a – sorry – a no contest four hours prior to kickoff in the CFP, you bet your ass that uh, Nick Saban's club would have a forfeited win and be playing right now against uh, Georgia this upcoming week. But, you know, since it's the Holiday Bowl and since we're NC State, the NCAA rules it a no contest. So our chance at our second 10-win season in our program's history since Phillip Rivers was there, since I was eight years old, gets taken away from us four hours uh, prior to kickoff. And on that note, Chip Kelly, UCLA head coach at the time, don't know what his contract situation is now. I heard he has a $0 buyout. But Chip Kelly, those guys said the day before the game that if they have 11 guys that are playing the game, you're full of shit, your program's full of shit, because you packed up the locker room at ten at like 8 a.m., didn't inform the Wolfpack till 12. You know what? Scum. Exactly what you are. So that's my the bad and the ugly are both the NCAA, UCLA, and Chip Kelly. They have shirts at USC. They have UCLA and script, just like their script, and then they put F in front of it, so it's fuckla. <laughs> I'm gonna give you one. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> That's a good gift. That is. <laughs> That's pretty creative. But all right, 
Now moving on to a little bit of a brighter topic, hopefully. Weekend look ahead. What do you fellas have going on? Um, staying indoors and away from everybody. We uh, try to get over a funk. So uh, I just keep, keep a low profile. We're supposed to get a little snow overnight. So, and it's not really supposed to dip below freezing for a couple of days. So I think we're going to have a couple more days of snow. Like it pretty much is gone here and it's coming back. But by Sunday, it's supposed to be gone again. So I think we're just going to continue our snow day week and uh, sort of avoid going anywhere because we don't want to deal with that and the craziness of, I mean, y'all saw what happened on 95 in Virginia. People just slept in their cars for 27 hours because they were out on the roads when they shouldn't have been. So we got that going for us. So this isn't quite the sunshine that Logan was advertising. I spoke too soon. Logan, speaking of weather, I look forward to all weekend long having a chat about weather with our friends because we'll just keep that going. <laughs> God knows that's true. I mean, Lord have mercy. It was a t- between Morgan, Dustin, and Brett. It was a two-day conversation about the snow. <laughs> I'm going to have some more pictures and comments later. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. It was, after a while, it went from being like that That first afternoon, it started to get annoying. But by day two, it was just downright funny. <laughs> well, we're getting snow overnight, so maybe I can go out and get a video of it and send it to you. That'd be great. Thank you. I did, I did appreciate <laughs> the pictures of Emmy, though. I will say that. <laughs> that was her first real snow. Yeah. I guess that's that awesome, man. Of the week. Um, because she's been in it before, but she was, you know, six months old or whatever, five months old. Yeah. So. Yeah, that picture of her know. having her hands up high. I just, I thought she was doing the Popsico song. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's she's definitely been doing that, too. Um, and uh, if you haven't Googled that, Logan or anyone here, y'all should Google the Popsico because it looks like. It basically looks like a bunch of guys from Guys Weekend got together and did an idiotic video. And it doesn't, there's like no rhyme or reason to it, but it's funny. And like now kids in Eastern North Carolina, uh, like eighth graders, think it's really funny, which then filtered to my sister in law who's a teacher, which then filtered to my daughter. And now we sing it in our household. So yeah. we got that going for us. That could be our future at Guys Weekend if we really aim high. <laughs> go noodle on youtube is the popsica like emmy emmy was just cracking up when rachel was singing that to her and she would like stop eating and just start moving her arms like this side to side <laughs> but check definitely it out, check it out. as far as my weekend yeah just hanging out at the house probably binge some more barstool scenes watch whatever sports are on there's only 45 days till racing at this point. Don't in time, even talk so. about it. <laughs> oh, we still have I a have month and a half. <laughs> I've just been all season listening about chase this and something about sponsorship that. And well, this one's a roval. This week, we got a road course this week. <laughs> yeah. And, and no. once again, chase this and chase Elliot. That. Yeah. yeah. Well, now, if he's now as far as off limits until either, unless it's something. Really incredible, which you got to run it by us first, or unless or or it's Daytona. When Daytona comes around, you can talk about it. That's it. No more NASCAR. It's canceled till February. All right. Well, this week going forward will be now be the Southern Hockey Spotlight. <laughs> 
I mean, the Canes are pretty good this year. So, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and and then I'm going to add to it and just give you Ovi's goal count every week, man. There you go. (laughs) Oh man, that's about it. We're staying. We're staying in watching sports. Go for a walk. Bother people with gratuitous pictures of snow. (laughs) That's about it. It looks like that we all have quite the eventful weekend plan. So moving on from that, <laughs> uh, looks like we have a uh, Florida or the field. We do. It's coming back. Sorry if people don't like it. It's one of our New Year's resolutions was that uh, we we're not going to bring Florida or the field back, and we broke it on day six. So, oh, well. Um, I think our you- original resolution on this show was we were going to do whatever we wanted and hope people listen, but if they didn't... <laughs> We're still going to keep putting out episodes. Because as Dave Chappelle says, fuck them. That's why. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, the first one of 2022. It's time to turn over a new leaf, ladies and gentlemen. What do you think it could be? Could it be from? Nope. It's still going to be from the South. Sorry. We're not including the Midwest. Not including the Northeast. All those people up in the Northeast are kind of scary anyways start reading about what they do up there. It's a little mean. It's a little, it's a little rude. The South just has good old fashioned fun. So we're going to stick to the South. All right. This story, because I am rusty and out of practice, I forgot to include the headline. So I'll make up my own headline because I have to edit these ahead of time. This story is about a man dancing on a Mark Sheriff's car to, uh, to some music, to some music. So Authorities shared video of a man dancing on a marked, as in very well, uh, you know, obviously a a sheriff's car office sport utility vehicle in an incident he blamed on vampires. The sheriff's (laughs) office (laughs) shared video on YouTube and Facebook. First of all, that's rude. All right. The man was clearly just trying to have a private dance to himself. I can't believe the sheriff's office is going out of their way to share, not just on one social media channel, but on two. Second of all, why does the sheriff's office have a YouTube and Facebook channel? Whatever. Um, They showed this man, Christian Radecki, climbing on top of a Mark Sheriff's office SUV and performing a dance routine to songs, including, and I know you guys were all ready for these songs, Hall & Oates, Rich Girl. All right. Super Tramps, Goodbye Stranger. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Considering that those songs I looked up are roughly about eight minutes long, if you put them concurrently, um, the man was <laughs> dancing on the SUV for quite a long period of time. Uh, <laughs> Radecki, who was arrested on charges of disturbing the peace and criminal mischief, which basically sounds like a made-up crime, criminal mischief, um, told deputies a, quote, woman with fangs came to his door (laughs) and told him a human sacrifice involving vampires was imminent. Now, mind you, it wasn't coming soon or in a month or two. It was any day now. Um, Therefore, Radecki made the conscious decision to get the sheriff of Nottingham to help him stop the slaughter of small children. (laughs) And I end the quote in the police report. Uh, Radecki told officers he was not under the influence of drugs or alcohol at the time of the incident. And, and this is key, he has not been diagnosed with any mental health conditions after his arrest. So again, I give to you a man who was not under the influence of drugs or alcohol, but was arrested for criminal mischief 
And uh, he was not diagnosed with any mental health conditions. He just really wanted to keep the vampires away by dancing the whole and it's rich girl. Rumor, rumor, kids, don't drink the bong water. <laughs> there is video of this, too. <laughs> if you Google I, uh, man dances on SUV, whole on oats, it will come right up. <laughs> I'm going to assume either meth or bath salts was involved in this one. And uh, I, I, I'm definitely going to, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go Daytona. Nice. Go a little, go a little, you know, tra- tra- trashy Florida. Well, there was a, there was no drugs or alcohol that was in his system. Okay. Um, unless the police department screwed it up. So well, they put their video on, you, on YouTube. So it's very possible they screwed this up. <laughs> True. Second, second rate damn police department. So it's definitely Florida. <laughs> My question is like, what did he think he was going to accomplish was he was that his way of summoning the sheriff of nottingham was standing on the car and dancing to hollow notes rich girl apparently i can tell you that the name of i'll give you a hint the name of the town is not nottingham so he did not summon the sheriff of nottingham (laughs) doing a rain dance berries do you guys have any guesses Um, i mean it's obviously the field It's it's in Oxford, Mississippi, the field. <laughs> and it was Logan. Coach Coach Lane Kiffin. <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. <laughs> he was recruiting the new quarterback. <laughs> I would have given it away if it said he was dressed in a gray hoodie and mesh shorts. <laughs> With a visor. <laughs> Screaming uh, about something about the transfer portal. <laughs> true. Um, I've been going to Florida a lot, so I think I'm gonna go. I'm going to go to the field and I'm going to pinpoint it down to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Ooh. Next up, I would have gone that. Next up out of Daytona, I'd definitely go Myrtle Beach. I could see somebody hanging out at Ocean Annie's, even though technically no alcohol in the system, hanging out at Ocean Annie's and then like, you know, walking down the street and thinking that a vampire told him that a sacrifice was imminent. So the way to summon the sheriff was dancing on the police car, listening to uh, older pop music. There's nothing better than getting drunk down there. That might might be involved in that. (laughs) Nothing better than getting like shitty drunk in South Myrtle Beach and then growing a pair of balls in the middle of the street. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I have a I have a thought process on this too. Just because there's no alcohol in the system, trust me, I've done some dumb shit about 4 p.m. the next day after I've been ripper on drunk the night before. I still would have blown a 0.0, but. Uh, and with that uh, little tidbit, I'm not sure if that's true or not. It wasn't included in the article, but what was included in the article is this man is from Cape Coral, Florida. I decided to, uh, I thought about it. I thought about going to somewhere else from the South to start the new year off in a different way, but Florida, it's just a gift that keeps on giving. So just like COVID. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to get it right. One of these days. So Cape Coral, Florida, for those people that don't know, is near Fort Myers, which is near, uh, which is near our buddy Tampa Birch. So I'm just going to go ahead and guess that once again, this is Kyle Birch. I <laughs> <laughs> have no clue right. if he listens to this, but he's going to get really mad if he ever does. Because <laughs> every week we're like, oh, this crazy person in Florida must be Kyle Birch. <laughs> yeah, he's got two little girls and two cases of bush light. <laughs> 
That's your oh. short run in the field for 2022. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, pick better songs. The police maybe, maybe, maybe they won't arrest you. That's a good point. That's where I went wrong. <laughs> That's where I went wrong. <laughs> All right. Oh, Let's uh, slide into uh, there's no good segue for dancing on a police cruiser to uh, <laughs> vampires. To, uh, <laughs> talking talking about our next anchor topic uh so we'll just go right into it um speaking of people that make terrible decisions <laughs> with their life uh no i'm just kidding <laughs> our anchor topic this week was going to be the uh people who opt out of bowl games specifically the seniors and some of the other people that could be going in the nfl draft um sorry if you've heard this all week on espn but uh this is what happens when we record a little bit after the fact and more to be honest we wanted to kind of go round robin and hear what each one of us personally uh, thinks about this. There's obviously been a rash of expected um, NFL talent that's left, and this is a relatively new phenomenon. Um, basically, to my knowledge, uh, Christian McCaffrey, who is obviously, um, for anyone that watches the NFL, he's the Carolina Panthers running back. Uh, he actually went <laughs> number eight overall to the Panthers, <laughs> speaking of COVID. Um, <laughs> No, it's, it's not fair. Um, he went number eight overall for <laughs> the Panthers. But he, uh, sorry, just laughing at other stuff. He went overall number eight for the Panthers, and he was the first big name to sit out. Um, this happened in the 2016 Sun Bowl. For whatever it's worth, he went to Stanford. Um, Stanford was going up against North Carolina in the 2016 Sun Bowl. Wasn't considered to be a big game, just like it isn't, wouldn't be considered now. Um, and so he basically decided he was going to sit out, um, probably a smart decision as he did go number eight in the draft. Um, he's been used quite consistently for the Panthers going forward. Um, not that one game would have necessarily affected his knees or anything like that, but you take one wrong hit and all of a sudden as a running back or as something are, you, you could be knocked out or worse. Um, so as rough as that may have been to go through, uh, he, and trying to explain it, he was the first one that kind of sat out. And over the last five years, we've really just seen a dramatic rash of incidents of people sitting out. Um, some of the people that sat out literally just in the last 10 bowl games, and I'm really not going to go through everybody, but um, how did it affect their team? Well, you've got two guys from Oregon, uh, Mikel Wright, uh, Kevon uh, Thibodeau, um, both of which are going to probably go in the first round of the draft. Well, they sat out for Oregon. Oregon lost to Alabama in the Alamo Bowl. You say, fine, it's the Alamo Bowl. Well, it's still Oregon versus Oklahoma, um, and Oregon lost. Uh, Notre Dame had a safety, and Kyron Williams, their well-known running back, sit out. They lost to Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl, so a little higher up. Uh, Michigan State had their running back sit out. Well, they actually ended up beating Pittsburgh only because Pittsburgh had their quarterback sit out. You're starting to get the drift here, um, in case you weren't aware. Of, of all these sit-outs that happened or you're doing other things besides sitting on your couch getting annoyed at the commercials during the holidays. Um, some of us had to sit here and do research for the podcast. So um, <laughs> Arizona State lost to Wisconsin because their running back sat out. Uh, Purdue had a, a, a guy who's probably going to go in the top 10. Um, next year, well, they barely beat Tennessee, but it took them overtime in the Music City Bowl. Um, we already talked about Kenny Pickett, who we've talked about for the seven years he's been in school. Um, well, the one game he decided not to play over seven years was when they lost to Michigan State because he was sitting out for the bowl game. Um, they showed a lot of pictures of him looking very uh, bored up in the press box. So thank you for showing up to the game and just not playing. Um, <laughs> it would have been nice if you stood on the sidelines with everybody else and 
talked about what a great teammate you were, but I guess that's enough shots at uh, Kenny Pickett. And anyways, you get the point. Texas A&M, they didn't play some of their stars, but that's okay because they didn't play anyways because they had COVID issues. Penn State lost to Arkansas. They had a number, a variety, I think four players sit out. And then, of course, Ohio State, um, they had some very famous players sit out. Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, both of these guys are wide receivers. Really, the only reason that they were even able to beat Utah in the Rose Bowl, again, another high-profile bowl, is because of a massive individual effort by a guy who I believe was starting his first game. I could have that wrong. Jackson Smith. I hope I say his last name right. Najigba. Um, he had 347 yards receiving, 15 catches, and three touchdowns. Uh, again, to go back, he had 347 yards receiving, 15 catches, and three touchdowns, apparently because nobody else was left to catch the ball on Ohio State because they were all sitting out, and Ohio State still barely won by three. So um, that's a little rundown of all the ridiculousness of everybody. And yet here we sit on a podcast all week and everybody gets all fired up and they want the best bowl game possible. And we get grumpy about the BCS and everything else. And then we get to the BCS and everybody sits down. So, um, and quite frankly, I don't know if you guys are keeping track. The only team that uh, won there was Purdue. They beat Tennessee in overtime and Ohio state who barely beat Utah because they had a guy basically do everything. Um, so it doesn't bode well for the team. Um, it doesn't necessarily bode well for the players. Um, so who played and did it hurt them? Well, you had Sam Howell. He played in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Um, I guess he was trying to get Mac Brown hit in the face with a frying pan. And if you don't know what I mean, uh, you should go Google Mac Brown and frying pan. I volunteered. Uh, he played. <laughs> you volunteered to Google or <laughs> hit him in the face? <laughs> I'll, I'll let that be can determined we, by the audience. <laughs> can we just do it anyway? Apparently, only if he wins. That's what he said. He was willing to be covered in mayo or hit with a frying pan. But the good he, news is he got hit less than he uh, didn't get hit this year. Sure. <laughs> sure. It's easy to say that when you don't win any game. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, I, I, and again, I don't want to say of course because I'm not sure that everybody knows this, but Matt Corral, who is uh, well-known as the Ole Miss quarterback, he's one of the top two quarterbacks to go in the first round. Apparently in April. And uh, within about five minutes of the Ole Miss game starting against Baylor, um, a top 10 matchup there for the Sugar Bowl, he was out and on crutches for the rest of the game because of a bad, unfortunate hit. His MRIs have come back negative, and he should be relatively okay, but he wasn't able to compete with his team, which is what he really wanted to do, and it could have been a lot worse. So now we've kind of run through all the players who either cost their team a loss. Oh, and by the way, Ole Miss basically did nothing for the rest of the game. They had no offense. So now that um, we've kind of run through that, um, I don't know, like, what do you guys think? I kind of ran through the introduction, but how do we feel for our teams? We kind of talked about it a little bit this week. I got four questions. You don't have to answer them at length, but are you okay with guys sitting? Logan, we can start with you for NC State. Are you okay with guys sitting? Is there any game they should absolutely play for in your opinion? Is it bad for your program? And I do specifically mean your program in school. And then what would you personally do if you were in that situation? And they're on the notes. So. Yeah, so as a fan, I hate it. Because I want to see the the team that I watched in the regular season play. So as a fan, sitting at home in the comforts of my climate-controlled house, 
complaining about commercials that are coming or, or complaining when the internet slows up and the my live stream on my Hulu has to buffer. I don't like it. But <clears throat> realistically, I understand it. I mean, if you're going to be a, a first-round pick, especially if you're going to be a, a top-ten pick, you're talking about a lot of money that could be taken off the table. Uh, if they, you know, they they step one way and their knee goes the other and they 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 tear a ligament. I mean, there's no guarantee they're going to get drafted that high if they get hurt. So I understand it from the player's perspective. I mean, if the coach, if coaches can, like Brian Kelly, Mr. Authentic, can leave uh, South Bend and go down to Baton Rouge and not coach the bowl game, a lot of the players expected to do it regardless of what happens for the consequences for them. So I understand it for them. Um, when it comes to, uh, is there any game they absolutely should play? Anytime you're playing for any type of championship, absolutely. ACC title, yes. National championship, if you're in the CFP, no doubt, you play. If you're a program like any of the four programs here, uh, of our fans here on uh, Miserable and Reckless, you play in the New Year's Six Bowl. Like, that's a big-time bowl game that Tech's been to by far the most of them, but, I mean, they haven't been in a long time. So, like, if any of our schools go to a New Year's Six Bowl, you play. If you're Alabama or, you know, even Georgia, and a kid wants to sit out in their top five pick, not wanting to play in the, the Sugar Bowl when it's not in the CFP, I get it. But it, I think it just depends on the level of the program. Now, the question is, is it bad for your program or school? I don't think so. And I say that because if you consistently are having guys that are that are opting to sit out because they're going to get drafted, that means you're putting guys in the league. So your development uh, program is actually there. I mean, yeah, I didn't get mad at Bradley Chubb for sitting out against Arizona State in the Sun Bowl in 2017. I mean, I totally understood it. He he came in, did four years, and he got the all-time sacks leader. Yeah, I mean, we we won comfortably without him. Hats off to him. Go make your money, young man. But, yeah, for me personally, um, like I said, I think I, I look, going from the player's mindset and not the fans sitting at home on the couch, I'd play in the big games, New Year's Six or for a championship, but if I'm playing in the – you know, the Papa John's dot com bowl or the uh or the Mindy Car Care Bowl. And I'm a guaranteed first rounder, especially a top ten, top fifteen pick. I'm probably sitting out too. Morgan. Um you okay with guys sitting? No. Ever? I mean no, you're you're there for your whole team. When you sit, you're letting the rest of your team down. You know, I get it if you're going to be a first-round draft pick and you're playing in the, the Taco Smell Bowl or something. And, you know, <laughs> like, oh, I'm, I'm a first-round draft pick for a wide receiver. I'm, I'm not playing this game. All right, well, you just kind of let the rest of your team down saying that, you know, they don't matter to you anymore because it's all about you now. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, I get what Logan's saying, but at the same time, it's, you know, you should be there for your team. Even if you just tell a coach, hey, just play me a few snaps or something. But hey, granted, this that one snap could rip your leg in half. But <laughs> you know, it just—I I think you should be there for your team. Is there any game that that they shouldn't play for? Is it is it is it every game? If you signed to play for the school and you're there playing, you should be playing every game if you're healthy. Fair enough. You think it's bad for your program or school? Like if Michael Vick had sat out, and I, this obviously didn't happen, but if he'd sat out, 
you know, leading up to the championship game because he was guaranteed to go in the draft or something. Is that bad because he's not playing or is it good because your school has a good enough player? I mean, it's not, I don't think it's going to hurt recruiting that he sets out a game or two. You know, that, that, you know. But would that national championship have helped to propel you guys in hypothetically? Would that do more for recruiting or would Michael Vick be in the, I mean, if you get the way I'm asking it. Do you think if a, uh, if, if a high, like uh, what, what was the guy that recently, Fairly, Caleb? Caleb Fairly, he was a cornerback. He he went pretty high in he the He went draft, first right? over, he went, uh, I think first round to the Tennessee Titans, maybe second round. I think it was second round because of his, uh, is a knee, if I'm correct. So if he'd sat but out, in he, like he the, actually no, he sat the year. I know he, that that's a whole another damn <laughs> <laughs> can of worms. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm I have a different opinion on that <laughs> than I do sitting out a a meaningless a bowl game for a six and six to eight and four team. So I think I've got a general idea of what you do, Morgan. But if you're playing, you're. You're playing no matter what. If you're healthy, you're yeah. sitting up. If you're healthy, you're there for your team, man, because you're sitting at the damn ball game. You're letting the rest of your team down that want, wants to win. Yeah. You're pretty much telling us your team, oh, it's just the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Who, who gives a shit? You know, win or lose. Be happier there. I'm not playing. I got, I got my finances to think about now. To that point, and this isn't a question that we had on there, would you leave as a junior if you knew you were going in the first round, or would you go back for your teammates? Uh, I mean, Put if I uh, if I you know if I said I'm going after my junior year, that's different than sitting out your junior year, saying I'm going in the draft after this year. Like if you competed and played the rest of the year, then that's a whole other story. Yeah, you can you don't have to play your whole four four years i guess once you make the commitment for the season play the season yeah <laughs> dustin how do you feel about this i know you're a duke football fan but are you okay with guys sitting yeah you just explained it don't care it's basketball season <laughs> but you had you have a guy in the league daniel jones <laughs> Duke actually has quite a few guys in the league, which is sad that they've drafted a good number in recent years, but haven't produced any good results on the football field. Um, I'll take the old man's stance. I don't care. I I think you ought to play the games. You know, if you made a commitment to be on the team, you ought to play the football games. Um, you know, you join a team. You said you were going to be a part of it. You got the benefit of <clears throat> not only – you know, everyone always used to bring up the school and the room and board and all that stuff. You got the benefit of the exposure. That's what you really go there for. Um, and you wouldn't be getting all, you wouldn't be so hyped and, and so well-known if you didn't get the exposure from the school. I think you owe it to your teammates. I think you owe it to your school. I think you owe it to your fan base to play the games. Um, I understand why people would say, you know, I get the argument. I understand the argument. I just disagree with it for sitting out. Like if someone's a senior and they want to sit out a, a crappy bowl game or, or guys aren't even really sitting out crappy bowl games. They're sitting out New Year's six games. They're sitting out like everything but the playoff. And so 
I'm not okay with it. I think it's awful. I think it's awful for college football. I think it's awful for these teams. I think a team like Pitt, who won the conference title and played in a good bowl game, should have no one sitting. That's ridiculous. Um, it bothers me that that's where we're at, the state of the of the game. Um, it also maybe speaks to there's too many damn bowl games. Um, they're probably there should should maybe be half the number because it's there's really no reason for a, a 500 team to play in the postseason, whatever that means. Um, so yeah, I I mean I would say I'm against it. I also think that the data, like, I don't have it. I didn't do the research on it, but the data is probably on your side that you're not going to end your and ruin your career. That are there guys who have had that happen? I'm sure you can give some really pro, big profile examples. The reason it's a big time story is because it doesn't happen that often. So, guys play in the playoff every year. Alabama has guys play every year. Georgia has guys play all the time. Clemson has guys play all the time. They all, you know, you think Trevor Lawrence would have sat out uh, a New Year's Six bowl game? Probably not. So I, th- I think that's I just, all conjecture. Well, you can think that, but I know. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I can I can tell you that you saying that you think he would, and you're insinuating that he wouldn't because it's not in the. Uh, he's just that much of a competitor. I mean, I can make the same argument, and they both we could take a quarter and almost buy a moon pie at any service station. I mean, it, it doesn't mean anything. Reality is the reason I disagree is because it's easy for the four of us to say that, you know, play it. We should play all the games and we should play at the at the Duke's Mayo Bowl and pour mayonnaise on everybody when the four of us didn't have enough athletic ability to actually be in a position that in the summer we're going to get massive contracts, man. I'm going to just say it like the kids do. Secure the bag, get that bread. I mean, if you're not playing for a championship or a New Year's Six Bowl, I do agree with you playing the New Year's Six games, a historical bowl, but can't get mad at these dudes for trying to protect the future. But but being not being a college athlete doesn't not qualify you to be able to speak to the topic. It's the same. It, you can speak on any number of things. We can speak on it, but, but we can, yes, we can. But it's it always cracks me up when people that have never been in that position of, yeah, I have millions of dollars on the table and all it takes is an ACL to potentially take it away is, are going to say, oh, I definitely would play. You should play, too. And we, I mean, we don't know that. I know I sure as shit wouldn't. Well, the how often but the, you have to admit it rarely happens sure it is not a common occurrence that a person has a uh, career ending injury by playing in a bowl game it is not common and so therefore it's, it's not about it, career ending injury it's about draft status because <clears throat> the higher your pick the the higher your uh, contract sure. allotment is so you're you're possibly losing well, your, millions of dollars if you drop contract, from five yes. to 15 or 15 into the second round it's just a matter it's, your it's first dollars contract, yes not not your entire career earning potential your earning potential is different than your very first contract and you're guaranteed money yeah but you the only thing you have on the table is that first contract the amount of guys that are out of the league before they get to that second contract where the big money is if you've proven yourself <laughs> like it, or it's kind of it's minimal a lot of these guys don't make well, it to that second contract well i thought we were allegedly talking about the top tier players you know that's, and the top I mean, tier how, how many busts i mean how many busts every year do we have out of the top five is my point like chris winky yeah. was it was a top quarterback coming right. out of there i mean like Ryan Leaf, yeah, but, God knows. Demarcus Russell, that, Vince that, Young, like, that might be more of a question of. That also might be more of a question of how they evaluate talent than it is that they're that talent or bust. Maybe it's that, that's a bigger conversation, yeah. a different conversation. So, I just, I just, I don't think you should out. Period. 
Like, I, no, I'd, I'd like for them not to sit out. I want to be on the record saying that. I think as a fan, I want them to play because I want to see my team at full I strength also, play. But I also think in the era of, of we've finally admitted, even if we don't say it out loud, that college football is a business, that in the era of this being a business, that that puts even more emphasis on they should play the games. And in the era of NIL, and there's – ways for players to be compensated there's there's been even ideas floated out there of like it pays for insurance policies on these guys and if they get hurt they get paid out because again the 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 occurrence of it is so small that those insurance companies would take that bet because if you have if you bought policies across 100 players maybe one of them is going to have an issue that they actually have to pay out for. So it's probably a complicated thing to structure, but it's not impossible. There's a yeah. lot of money floating around college football these days. And it's, really? it's clear that college sports is a business and it's not about, you know, student athletes and their amateur status and all the crap that they fed you for three or four decades. But on the flip side of that, if it is a business, why not make a business decision? But what I'm saying is they can structure it where the decision, the incentives are on the side of playing. It's not on the side of worrying about your draft stats. So all all these things are fixable, but people have to get creative and stop relying on yeah. um, the old methods of doing it because clearly the current system doesn't work because the opt-outs are more and more and more. It's not, I think if there were five guys opting out or the top 10 guys in the draft were opting out, we wouldn't be having this conversation. We'd be like, yeah, yeah I get it. And we'd move on. It's going more and more and more. Uh, we're just, I think it's too much. There, there's too many guys who are stepping away saying, oh, I, I have too much potential to, to blow here. I can agree with you on that <clears throat> because it's the same thing. And like, uh, as an aside, like with basketball, kids leaving after the freshman year. I mean, uh, <clears throat> it, it's, it's, it, it, it's good for a few. But the problem is too many think they're part of that few and they're not. So I'm, I'm with you on that. And I'm with you on there are solutions to remedy the issue that we have. Because trust me, nobody was more frustrated than me last year when Duke played Kentucky in the uh, Gator Bowl and we had multiple kids opt out for the NFL and we ended up losing by two to a uh, five, six win SEC team. So I, I'm with you on the frustration of it. And I, I do think you're right that there are solutions that could remedy it. Yeah, I think there's solutions and there should be less bowl games. You know, you cut the bowl games in half, you spend more, you've got plenty of money floating around in college football. Let's figure out a way to incentivize people to be a part of the games. And that that's a couple steps, and there's probably better ideas than what I'm presenting out there in the world, but that's a couple of steps in the right direction. And you'll probably see less opt-outs if there's something that is beneficial to the players because the only people currently <laughs> – who like necessarily get a benefit from being a part of the game or who get a payout for being a part of the game or the head coach or the, and the coaching staff. Like if you win a bowl game, you usually get money. Right. So th- there's, there's ways to improve this situation. You're never going to have zero. And I don't think that we should, I'm not on the side of everybody should be forced to play, but I do think they should do everything in their, in the sports being, to encourage competitive games and everybody who they can possibly get to get on the field and play that last game. So, yeah, well, I do have a pose a question for y'all on this though. It, 
do you would if a coach is leaving, right? Whether it's a lateral move or an upward move, it doesn't matter. If they're leaving and they decide not to coach the bowl game, which do you do you think they should be obligated to coach the bowl game for their guys they were with all year? Because it was their guys. I mean, you have <clears throat> Billy Napier who did it. Then you got Scotty McCreary, Lincoln Riley, who didn't, and Mr. Authentic, who didn't. So, like, should the same rule apply for coaches as it does for players? No. And that's an easy one for me to say because I wouldn't want somebody at my company who wasn't interested in being there anymore and was interested in trying to take all the all the red staplers home and steal as much shit out of the cafeteria as they could and everything else. <laughs> and if you're not interested and you don't want to be there and you're just playing out your string in the call center, just picking up the phone and hanging up on people because it's your last day. Uh, that's the equivalent of Mr. Authentic coaching in the uh, Notre Dame bowl game, in my opinion. That, that's fair. I, I think that there is that part of it's a lot of it. Like it's dude, the players love the coach and get it or not. You know, um, again, I wouldn't, I don't think there should be a rule that forces them to do it. I do think they should be encouraged because I agree with you. You spent all year, developing working you should as a coach have a relationship with your players that when they when you're leaving you still can have that relationship with those players and say hey guys let's get one more and then you leave but that's not the current system you know most of these guys are out of there um it's cool that napier did it because i when i watched that game and i saw him there i was like wow all right (laughs) this guy's pretty solid yeah i like that he did it too it, especially in his case, because I mean, th- nobody in that fan base could fought him for for leaving no. uh, L- Louisiana for Florida. No, your your question was should he be forced to do it? My answer is no, because I don't want the person there if they don't want to be there. If you want to be there, absolutely. Whether it's a player or a coach, I guess yeah. I probably should have phrased it that way because, like, I think we all agree players shouldn't be forced, but they they probably should be encouraged. Just what they were saying. That same same premise for the uh, coaches, and I think is what I meant to. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think they should be encouraged, but I agree. Like, you know, Notre Dame fan base players didn't want uh, Brian Kelly, Mr. Alton, you know, they, they wanted him gone, you know, and, and that was clear that, that he, him leaving was like, they didn't want him any part of what they were doing. And they were, you know, not too far outside the playoff. No. So, you know, it's, you know, whether, whether they deserve to be there or not, another story but all right ryan so what's your take on the whole player opt-out because i think we we haven't gotten to you yet um i was surprised to see sam playing in the duke's mayo bowl so uh i was this literally happened this this is why it's fresh in my mind Uh, a couple weeks ago i'm okay with guys sitting i would have been okay with him sitting you've you've contributed a lot of fun saturdays um and maybe some not so fun thursdays and fridays so uh, I was fine with him sitting out if he wanted to. Um, is there any game that he should absolutely play for? I would. I firmly agree with me being an ACC school and being um, just just barely outside the top twelve with my program currently. That um, <laughs> oh, any uh, any uh, any New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, hell, I'd take any ACC bowl. I, if he was in the military bowl in Annapolis, man, he should play because I really want to see him play. But um, no, I think any uh, in, in all seriousness, if 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 you've got a chance to play him in one of the top, and I'm saying the top twelve because of the New Year's Six, um, you should be playing in that and 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 going forward with that. It, it, I don't think that it's bad for my particular program, and I'm answering as a Carolina fan. Um, 
I could have looked it up while we were talking. I, I don't remember if Trubisky sat out the last game or not. Um, now answer uh, as an game. Ole Miss fan. What's that? Now answer as an Ole Miss fan. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> well, I was, I've, I've watched Oregon over the years too, right? I thought it was awesome that Corral uh, came out there, and I thought that the announcers, for whatever it's worth, did a really good job. They'd obviously uh, caught up into – got up into his psyche during the week, Matt Corral's, and really understood what he was trying to do. For I, I mean, unless he was just snow jobbing everybody, for him it was literally about the relationships. And you could see even when he was injured, he was on the sidelines talking everybody up and being a leader. And as far as I'm concerned, that only raises his draft stock. Um, I want somebody who's going to be that engaged, who's going to be that involved. Um, if you contrast that, and I know I'm taking shots at him, with Kenny Pickett, that guy wasn't even on the sidelines with his teammates. So, I, you know, I'm, I, I don't need another Aaron Rodgers. You know, that guy's a big jerk, as we heard in the media this week. I want somebody who's down there on the sidelines and is really, really, uh, you know, helping people out. So, um, as a Carolina fan, as a closet Ole Miss fan, I don't think it's bad for the program or the school to the, for the point that you're putting people in the league. Um, and to be quite honest, as far as I'm concerned, because – I'm a Carolina fan, whether it's basketball, football, anything. They came to Carolina. I know why they came there. They came to get exposure, as we've already said. Um, what would I personally do? Um, this is where I may draw some ire, but unless it's in the – unless it's a team that I really want to be a part of, um, and unless it's something that I really feel like I can do, I think it's interesting. I turned to my wife at one point, and I said, is, is, is Matt Corral uh, – he may be remembered – for playing in the, in the sugar bowl, but I hope he's not remembered because he got injured and then didn't make a career in the NFL because looking back on it, it's great to be remembered as a great teammate. And, and there are some things, there are a lot of things in my opinion in life that are a lot more important than money. But if he has the opportunity to go to the league and do something like that, I just, for me personally, I would play in one of those last six or seven bowl games. And I just to be very specific, I'm talking the BCS games, the what we recognize as, as the big six, right? The even the Peach Bowl, Orange Bowl, Outback Bowl, um, any of those bowls, I would play in those. But if we're talking about going to Annapolis and getting a free set of Bose headphones or whatever, you know, if we're talking about going to play, you know, I, I would probably play to see my coach get doused in mayonnaise. I mean, I get why Sam did it. I do. But uh that's kind of where I'm at with it, I guess. So I'm okay with them sitting. I'm happy that Sam played. I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I didn't enjoy it. I was nervous for him the entire game. It didn't make watching the game very fun. Um, I was just happy when we got – we lost. And I was happy when we got to the end of the game that he was still standing. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad he didn't get injured, but he's going to be out of the league before a second contract anyways. Well, sounds pretty hateful. So <laughs> – he can join yeah. Philip Rivers then on the bench because Philip Rivers is out of the league. So Lister play a shirt up angle. Half half my team uh, opted out. Um, and therefore we had a bunch of freshmen and sophomores playing against a uh, pretty stout Maryland team. Um, Appeared that way. Pretty, pretty god awful is what it was. And, you know, Maryland should have been a walking park. But would you have wanted Fuentes coaching him? No, no, I don't know. Fuck no. He was he was gone before two games was even over. Okay. I'm glad so, that shit had was gone. I'm, 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 I'm surprised that he actually still had Cornelson off calling the offensive plays. 
That's what I, sorry. That's, that's what I meant. I, I know how much yeah. you love them. I couldn't believe that. But yeah, we had um, Joe Dirt playing quarterback who played like, I think half of one game the entire season, like a freshman. And then we had, or no, he was a sophomore. And then the other quarterback was a true freshman who played like one snap the entire season. Uh, our top receiver was sat out for the draft. Uh, tight end was not, was out for the season. Uh, offensive half the offensive line sat out for the draft. So uh, it was a shit. It was a shit show. Talk about noodle arm, man. Joe Dirt cannot throw football. <laughs> no, no. Morgan, I can I can potentially solve solution for your problem. I actually heard this this week. It's related to Sam Howell, but it actually goes back. It would help you out, and it would help. It uh, goes back to what Dustin said. Um, they were insinuating and I, I i don't want to credit it because i don't remember who said it but they said that one of the reasons that they thought that sam howell had potentially come back and played in the duke's mayo bowl as opposed to playing in the orange bowl or something like that dustin to your point about incentivizing players is because of a name and image likeness deal and he had to have a certain amount of games or he had to make a certain amount of comments in a in a, in a pre-game or post-game interview or something like that that would incentivize him to play in the game and then he would make a certain amount of money off of it, which they were in, they were estimating that the amount of money that he would have made off of it would have paid for any sort of insurance or any sort of thing of that nature. So I thought that that was an interesting take that I can't prove if it was right or wrong, and I haven't been able to find anything about it. But when you said that a couple of minutes ago, it jogged my memory that they had, that they had said that, and I think it would be interesting if they decided to incentivize the more lucrative players who could stand to lose a lot more to play in some of these games. If now that we have name image likeness and gambling and everything else, that suddenly is in this wonderful uh, world of amateurs that we love so much. Yeah. There's, there's solutions here because the money's there and eventually you got to imagine that there's going to be some, some kind of college football player union. That's going to come. That's going to happen. So, the you eventually there's there has to be if they if they want to address some of this and address some of the entry stuff, the union's probably gonna have to negotiate some pot of money that gets paid for by sponsors mm-hmm. that provides some of this stuff. And like that's where we're going. Because college sports is clearly it's not a bad it's not what it was 30 years ago. Like it's more and more and more and more of a business. And so these things are these things are coming. So how do we want to, you know, how do we want to address them? Um, but we're, you know, we can complain about it another day, but the sport doesn't seem to be, you know, the conferences are all in different directions and the SEC is trying to devour everybody else. And it's just, it's kind of a mess right now. So um, I don't, I don't know what the ultimate fix is because, you know, we don't work in college sports. So there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that we don't understand or maybe or deal with day to day, but you know, there's, there needs to be some improvements um, across the board in college football. And uh, we should rail against another day, the awful, 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 awful parody situation that occurs in college football these days. Cause it's a Southern podcast and hate on two Southern teams. playing for the national championship. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's awful. I hate it. And I'm tired of the same, like, six programs only having a real chance at winning a national title. It's awful. I hate, like, I'm going to watch it. 
just I want to see what happens. I hope Georgia finally gets it. But oh, at the end of the day, how fun is it to have like those what realistically maybe six programs who are gonna actually play in the national title game win it because they get the best talent and then it's just a pipeline over and over and over again. It's not really that fun. And my team's never gonna win a national <laughs> football. So it's not really me complaining for my team. I'm just complaining about my overall watching college football fandom. Um, who, who would have thought that it would have been more fun and you had more teams playing in the game and more and different teams winning the national title under the old BCS system versus the CFP. But that's where we are. CFP made the rich richer and everyone else is a couple of steps down. It was much more parity under the old system by the computer rankings. Yeah, the gap's gotten way wider. Um, and it's it's incredible. It, it, I don't think, I mean, I'm not saying anyone. Someone probably predicted it. But I think most of us weren't really thinking on that level when all this came about. This is probably sacrilegious, but one of my uh, European buddies pointed out that college football is no different from the EPL because there's only six teams that can win it every year. I can't, <laughs> I can't see how I was, any, I was really wrong. <laughs> so yeah. I guess uh, Alabama's Liverpool and Manchester City is... <laughs> nod my head and pretend I understand. Yeah, that that can be a whole other podcast that we don't do. <laughs> uh, well, what have we solved here for America? We've told them that players are going to get paid. We've told them that there's going to be unions in the future. We've solved the bull problem by making name, image, likeness a thing. We've explained all of our personal opinions, even though none of us Last time I checked, they played Division One football, which doesn't preclude us from talking about the subject. So right. other than that, America. I talk about a lot YouTube. of things that I've never actually done. Well, okay, my opinion <laughs> matters more than your athletic ability. <laughs> Oregon, you just described most of the sports media. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <though. laughs> that should be ESPN's motto. Our opinion <laughs> matters more than your athletic ability. <laughs> It's got a nice, it's got a nice uh, alliteration there. O O M M A A. There's something probably there. What's the what's the word I'm thinking of? I got. I should get that um, that that saying. Trademark. Uh... Hey, yes. Thank yeah. you. I and next week, be sure to pick up your Uma T-shirts. <laughs> Brought to you by Morgan <laughs> Irby. <laughs> we get those printed up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, we we could come up with some t-shirts for sure. I don't know who would buy them, but well, we could have some good ones. Just saying. Build the brand first, and then start selling merch. <laughs> when is the brand building done? We've done sixty-three of these. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's some uh, some other work that we can discuss <laughs> off the pod that's necessary to build a brand. But <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of ins and outs and what have you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was just opinions. <laughs> that's it brands equal opinions that's what i learned in marketing <laughs> all right all right well uh once again i don't think we have time for a bless your heart so you're gonna have to tune in another week to hear a little bit of positivity because we went a probably a, a little bit longer on the uh football topic than we anticipated but you know after 63 episodes who would have guessed we would have done that <laughs> <laughs> so for this episode of miserable and reckless i'm logan sitting here with morgan dustin and ryan we will see you next time Thank you.